This is the long-awaited second half of the best of 2018, 2017. Best of 2017, this is the honorable mention half and the uh, worst of 2017. Uh, Now that 2018 is almost over, I know you're all really interested in listening to how we felt about movies from last year. Uh, But again, I am joined by my friend Jameson, and we'll get right into it. Welcome, finally, to the second half of the best of 2017. And now, it's time for Fat Dude Digs Flicks with your host, Andy the Fat Dude. We'll, you know, when we get to the honorable mentions, I'll talk a little bit about my thoughts on it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And we'll just go ahead and go to that. Uh, we're, we're getting close to an hour and a half here, and that's what I was hoping to kind of keep it at. So we'll kind of rush through the rest of this stuff. You know, take a little bit of time. We don't have to be, I don't have to be totally committed to an hour and a half, but uh, we won't go too long. So I'm just going to go ahead and go to your honorable mention, Jameson. If you want to just read off your list, I told, I asked you to give me five honorable mention movies. Uh, and I, of course, cheated and listed six. Uh, but Jameson, what are your five honorable mentions? And yeah, feel free to talk about the five of them as you go through your list. Okay, well, uh, we'll start with Get Out. Really enjoyed it. Now, as a screenwriter, great plant and payoffs in the story. My big thing that got it bumped was seeing the alternate ending on the Blu-ray. Yeah, I feel like the alternate ending would have been a perfect you know like it would have left a bitter taste in people's mouths but i feel like tonally it would have worked better yeah i know i'm kind of the minority on that but i recommend people check it out and also if you do check out the uh, blu-ray jordan peele's commentary is fantastic i actually did a write-up about it so yep highly recommend it awesome uh next we have brigsby bear hey You know, you talked about the, you know, Disaster Artist being that heartwarming movie for you. Mm-hmm. Brigsby Bear did that for me, where it's, you know, the first ten minutes you don't know what this story is. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, complete 180 and goes into just a really touching story that I really appreciated it. It was so good, and I don't want to spoil much, but I'm just going to tell people, you know, don't touch your penis more than twice a day. <laughs> and going from there, uh, I'm a big Darren Aronofsky fan. And yeah, I know you and I have talked about this, but mm-hmm. I loved Mother. Yep. And uh, very, you know, I, as someone who, you know, I do, I am a Christian and I have my beliefs. And it was nice to see a film that, you know, dealt with the, you know, side of Christianity, which is someone taking a idea and using it to do horrendous things. And in the context of this bizarre, surreal, weird story, it's, you know, it, you know fantastic. Please, if you want to see something religious, see that over God's Not Dead, please. <laughs> Personally, that's just my opinion. Yeah. 
Um, coming in also, I loved T2 Train Spotting. Hey, good choice. Great, you know, sequels after, you know, decades later from the original are tough nuts to crack, mm -hmm. but this one really hit the nail on the head, showing how not much has changed with these personalities of these characters, like seeing Spud still on heroin in the beginning and, you know, Sick Boy still doing his thing and, you know, Begbie in jail. It And, you know, Renton kind of trying to move forward and then just nothing worked for him. It's it's a fantastic, realistic story that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And then finally, uh, I've got Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Oh, yeah. A little movie that, you know, I had heard about, hadn't seen it until probably two weeks before making this list, but, you know, it's got Gaston in it, people. <laughs> so, it, 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 and, you know, coming out of the year where we finally saw Wonder Woman on the big screen, it was nice that people, you know, not a lot of people outside of comic books really know the backstory of where Wonder Woman came from. So, a nice way to kind of show, you know, this is where she came from and what she meant. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I also have Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman on my uh, my honorable mention list. Uh, in talking about Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, I have a lot of thoughts that are uh, related to the polyamorous relationship at the core of that story. Uh, but I'm not I'm not going to go into that. Um, you know, personal opinions of that kind of relationship structure aside, I think that they at least handled that relationship really well. Mm. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it made it so it was, uh, a very interesting tale. And I also think too that, yeah, maybe a Wonder Woman movie did get screwed out of the Academy Awards this year. But it wasn't uh, the one starring Gal Gadot. I think that <laughs> Rebecca Hall's performance in Professor Marston, the Wonder Woman, uh, is just jaw-dropping. She is just great. And I thought she was great in 2016's Christine as well. Mm. Uh, I think that she's one of those actresses that uh, will probably have a really long career filled with movies like this where she just delivers knockout performances uh but yeah professor marston the wonder woman also on my honorable mention list um and other than mother which is also on my honorable mention list uh you know i don't really have too much extra to say about that one um yeah i think you kind of summed it up perfectly it was a movie that uh when i saw it in theaters i didn't exactly know what to think i was kind of floored by it but as weeks went by and it was still in my brain um it kind of sat there and stuck and and dug its dug itself deep in there where it's just i really appreciate and respect uh the craft of that one and just how it's it's symbolic and you know it has a lot to say and it's up to interpretation. For me, I also took uh, a, a Christianity standpoint on it, that it was a story of creation and so biblical in what it was trying to say. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's heavy, and I thought it was really great. Um, the other four movies that I chose for my honorable mention list... Uh, they're not necessarily... My, my honorable mention isn't necessarily 11 through 16. Uh, it was just six other movies that I really thought uh, deserved a little bit of attention. Uh, these other four, I think, were sadly 
uh, Underseen, uh, and that is uh, Good Time uh, from the Safdie Brothers, starring Robert mm-hmm. Pattinson. Uh, I do not really care for Robert Pattinson, but in this movie... Uh, he wowed the hell out of me. This is a really uh, exciting movie about one night in the city uh, focusing on a very sleazy character and Robert Pattinson is a total sleazebang, but man, he is good at it. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it was a great movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, I also have Columbus. Uh, It's a little indie film uh, from director Koganata. Uh, It is a story of a guy who goes to Columbus, Ohio, Indiana? Shit, now I'm I'm forgetting which Columbus it is. Uh, But he goes there because his father is ill, uh, and he ends up befriending a, a younger woman. Uh, or well, in his age range, in his age range, I, I believe. Um, but it's just kind of a a story of their relationship, but it's it's not romantic, but it feels romantic. But it's more of just a story of how two people exist in a world and just need to find that other person to bounce their thoughts and feelings off of when we're all kind of feeling we're floating around. Um, The high point of Columbus is it's about architecture. Uh, It's about uh, the the, the father who is sick is an architecture professor and um, they all, this whole story is told while they're talking about various buildings in Columbus and it's just so beautifully filmed. It has a very... uh, um, the, the cinematography feels very symmetrical and it's just really nice to look at a really sweet story and John Cho is the lead actor in this movie and man if anybody deserves a lead and just a chance to shine I think he is he's an actor that always does very very reliable work. Even even in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, <laughs> I thought he was delightful. And uh, here he's kind of the uh, emotional centerpiece, and he's just wonderful. And hopefully he gets more opportunities like this. Uh, Columbus is streaming on Hulu. It was uh, a podcast that I listened to uh, called Film Spotting. It's based out of Chicago. Every year they do a golden brick uh, winner, it's the kind of a little little indie movie that could, and this was their their golden brick winner this year. Uh, definitely deserve that uh, recognition. Uh, my other two other two movies on my honorable mention. One has already been mentioned here, and that was uh, Raw, the coming of age horror film uh, about cannibalism. Uh, and then uh, my <laughs> final honorable mention uh, is Lady Macbeth. Nope, it's not Shakespearean, but it sure feels like it is. Uh, it's a story of a woman who is forced into a marriage, or you know, kind of an arranged marriage, and then her husband goes off, and she decides to bang the cabin boy. And when people find out about that relationship, she is willing to do whatever it takes to cover it up. And it is a... Oof, man. Uh, Florence Pugh is the star of that movie, and she gives... A performance that is nothing short of spectacular. Um, it got a lot of early buzz, and then because it's a smaller movie, it just kind of faded under the radar. But yeah, if you get a chance to see Lady Macbeth, she is a force to be reckoned with. And uh, yeah, uh, Lady Macbeth is spectacular. I, I really love this movie. Um, very dark, very kind of shows the lengths that people will go to uh, 
you know, get what they want. And if what they want changes, they will change on a dime to keep it in place. Which I think that is very Shakespearean. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think it is very Lady Macbeth-like. Because Lady Macbeth will do, would have done whatever it took to get her husband in power. And, you know, the difference between the two is that I think Lady Macbeth kind of went crazy with guilt. And, uh, I don't necessarily know if the Lady Macbeth at the center of this film was racked with guilt, but, you know, I think it really, <laughs> it ends before we get a chance to see just how, if, if it drove her mad or not. Uh, but yeah, those are my honorable mention, Mother of Good Time, Professor Marston, The Wonder Woman, Columbus Ra, and Lady Macbeth. Um, let's go now to the worst movies of the year. Five movies that we really despised. Really disliked. Um, I think we'll kind of do this one the same way. I'll just have you list your five, Jameson, and then uh, you know you can give a little bit about it. Go whichever order you feel like, uh, and then I will do the same with mine. All right. Oh, this is going to be yeah. But, <laughs> all right. Let's start. You know, number five, the Bye Bye Man. You talked about uh, January being the dumping ground of movies. <laughs> it still kind of is. <laughs> Like, this movie basically felt to me like somebody was like, I want to make a Slender Man movie. Oh, he's a copyrighted character. Well, the Bye Bye Man. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible, abysmal bad horror film in a year where we've had some doozies. Mm-hmm. I've seen Wish Upon. I've seen Amityville The Awakening. I've seen Leatherface. <laughs> Bye Bye Man, worse than any of them. And that's all. That's, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, my number four is Chips, which I feel bad. I really like Dax Shepard. I think he's a you know competent actor and could be a good writer-director, but remaking a comedy that has not, or a you know, TV series that has aged about as well as cheese in the back of the fridge. Oh, God. <laughs> it, and it was like Starsky and Hutch worked. Let's try it. It didn't work, and I felt bad because I like Michael Pena, and he did a great job, but it, no. (laughs) And over to uh, number three, uh, The House with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. (laughs) Basically, this movie felt like it was originally written to be like a dark, subversive comedy, and then it was picked up, and they were like, well, let's make this a vehicle for Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. We need some rewrites. Make it funny. And it just, it, you know, duh, like, it's just, it's terrible. It's just, that's all. <laughs> Bad, like, and also, anybody out there in comedy writing, rape jokes, not particularly the most funny thing to be making nowadays. No. No. All right, over to number two. Uh, it was this documentary, American Anarchist. Oh, Yeah. It, it just rubbed me the wrong way because mm. it tells, you know, it's an interview with William Powell, the guy who wrote the Anarchist Cookbook. And there's some interesting pieces here talking about his life, talking about, you know, his what what he went on to do. But the documentarian just kept poking and poking and poking at the question of, do you feel responsibility for what your book has done? It, it just, it, it, irritated me it felt like he was basically just throwing loaded questions at this old man who has disowned the book 
has gone on and created a life where he's, you know, helping teach kids with learning disabilities and unfortunately passed away after this documentary came out or just before it came out. Just it, it was watching this, like, you know, this guy on his high horse, just badgering an old man. And I didn't like it. Yeah. And finally, number one, we have resident evil, the final chapter. Oof. Uh, Another uh, January-February movie, which, <laughs> how did we get six fucking films out of this franchise? Like, the first one, it's a fun movie. Yeah. After that, they vary, like, three's okay, two, not so much, and four and five were just abysmal trash piles. <laughs> this is, like decomposed trash oh no it's, it's not it's not even hot garbage it's <laughs> wet cold garbage <laughs> and i'm so you know although we did see a reboot of jigs uh, saw where it wasn't the final chapter this year i'm hoping that whoever takes this franchise does something closer to the tone of the games and makes it more interesting than this wank fest that paul ws anderson and his wife basically cashed checks to make crappy movies. Ugh, yuck. I, uh, of, of your five worst movies of the year, I only saw one of them. And I didn't hate it as much as you did. I won't, I won't say what it is, even though it might star Will Ferrell. But, but, <laughs> but the other ones, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even see them. I was not as, uh, every year I try to make myself watch some of the movies that people are calling the worst of the year. This year I just couldn't I couldn't do it. So yeah, I haven't I haven't seen uh most of those movies. Uh but I, I got a feeling that maybe you didn't see a bunch of the ones that I'm gonna put on my worst of list as well. Uh for three of my worst of movies, uh well, okay, two of them I know are stream are, were exclusively debuted on streaming. So in in another time I probably wouldn't have even considered them because they kind of are the straight-to-video movies of our era. Uh, but I still have to talk about them. Uh, so my five worst of the year, I'll go from five to number one. Uh, the Circle uh, is my number five, starring Tom Hanks and Emma Watson. If you have a movie with Tom Hanks and Emma Watson, you're thinking this is going to be good. Nope, this one was not. And I don't think it was super flat out terrible, but the feeling I I felt the air leave my system like just fly out of me with sheer disappointment with this movie when I saw it in theaters. I was I I thought I was going to be on board. It's like what if uh you have this idea for a movie about modern day technology, but you wrote it and came up with the idea like six or seven years ago, and finally got the got the gumption to make it today. It feels so out of place and so behind, and just really poorly put together. I was really disappointed in the circle. Uh, yeah, just not 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 a movie that I liked. Clearly, my number yeah. five worst movie of the year. Uh, it, no, oh yeah, go ahead. Just a little button to that. It. <laughs> It basically reminded me of the movie Antitrust, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, my number four, 
Uh, you put a couple of bad horror movies on your list. I did too. Um, my number, my number one is a bad horror movie, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. My number four is Rings, the uh. sequel, reboot, whatever to the Rings franchise. Uh, yeah, they made a good ring. They made a couple of good ring movies. The first one was the original Japanese movie, and the second one was the original American original American <laughs> remake. Yeah, that's not quite right. But the, the the initial American remake, I thought those two were great, and then the quality quickly went downhill. Oh God, Rings is terrible, just awful. I don't know what they were thinking, uh, but it was a it was a disaster from start to finish. Um, yeah, I, I checked it out as a 99 cent rental on iTunes and I still want that dollar back because <laughs> it was terrible. Poor, poor Vincent D'Onofrio. And oh Johnny yeah. Galecki. Oh God. Yep. Yep. Uh, my number three is a, it was a Netflix exclusive. It was a kind of a take on Fatal Attraction ish. You know, I don't really remember all of the details of this movie, to be honest with you right now. I just remember hating it. Uh, it was You Get Me. It was a uh, kind of a teen thriller starring, uh, what's her name? Uh, shoot. I can't think of her name. She's a redhead. Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne is the star of this film. And it is an absolute shitball of a movie. Featuring the least charismatic male actor I have ever seen in a movie. This guy is like watching wallpaper dry. Like, he is just emotionless. He is he is dull. He has no concept of, you know, how to convey any kind of emotion and how to feel scared. He is just a waste. This movie is a disaster. And it's, it's one of those... Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it was made, but Netflix was able to pick it up and put it out. And oh, uh, it's gonna. Hopefully, I, I don't. I don't see it on my front page anymore. So fine, maybe it has finally died. Uh, my, my number two. <laughs> I almost feel bad including this one on my list. Um, this movie is called Pottersville. It is. It stars Michael Shannon and Judy Greer. It's. Uh, it's okay, so it has the ending of It's a Wonderful Life, uh, but it also deals with furries and uh, a, a mistaken Bigfoot. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Michael Shannon's girlfriend um, ends up being being a furry with uh, Ron Perlman. And, uh, so Michael Shannon gets upset and gets drunk, and then he decides to get her back by dressing up as a furry. Well, he ends up walking through a forest, and somebody mistakes him for Bigfoot. So a tabloid journalism show comes to town, and they think they're looking for Bigfoot. Uh, and, you know, Michael Shannon eventually reveals, no, there's no Bigfoot, it was me. And so people in the town try to save his business. It's the most <laughs> random collection of stuff. Um, I heard about this movie because they were talking about it on a podcast called We Hate Movies. It's a it's a bad movie podcast that's absolutely delightful. Um, and I had to sit through it and watch it to see if it was real. Yeah, this movie really exists. And it, it is also streaming on Netflix. It's not a Netflix original. Uh, but it is, it's there, so you can watch it, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how, 
I don't know how this movie exists, but it does. <laughs> uh, and my number one movie of the year, uh, my number one worst movie of the year, is a Shutter exclusive, uh, mm. directed and created by a man named Flying Lotus. Uh, he's a rapper, uh, and he created a movie that a lot of critics said, "Yeah, this is this is a this is a piece of art." Uh, it is not a piece of art. I mean, it's 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 art, I guess, but it's also a piece of shit. Uh, this is Kuso, which is a film about something. I don't really know what the central point of Kuso is, but it deals with a lot of feces and vomit, and uh, I think it's supposed to be some kind of uh, metaphor for somebody's existence and and some uh idea for what the future holds it's but it's buried in vomit and feces so i don't see what the point of it is i don't get it i don't get it and i hated it i hated every second of it it was one that i was i really struggled with finishing but i've decided these days that i have to finish something if i start it uh, I even finished watching this movie called Unleashed this week, which is a story of a woman who is uh, anti-love, and through magic, her dog and cat become men, and she, she yeah, it's bad, but it has a good cast, but uh, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, Kuso, terrible, don't watch it, uh, my number one pick for the worst movie of the year. Uh, I did not see the emoji movie uh so that is absent from my list i did not i did not see the snowman with michael fassbender which has also been regarded as a bad movie uh and i did not see uh tom cruise's the mummy um so i i will uh you know if i ever work up the nerve to watch the three of those i will definitely review them but they did not make my worst of list uh, Jameson, we are nearing the two-hour point. We've got about 15 minutes until this thing is run about two hours long. Let's kind of... We're kind of going to rush through these last four. We'll just kind of... We'll, we'll, I'll have you say all four of them. Uh, what I wanted to do is... Uh, two of these are from a podcast that I listen to. It's kind of the, the they didn't get it and the I didn't get it. These are movies that, you know, either I really or we really liked, but other critics didn't really seem to respond to. And the I didn't get it were movies that critics really enjoyed, but I didn't see the joy in them. Uh, The other two are our biggest surprise movies that we didn't expect to love that we kind of did. And movies that we were really disappointed in. Movies that we were hoping we would really enjoy, but we did not for whatever reason. Uh, So, Jameson, if you want to go... Start with your, uh, your they didn't get it, then your I didn't get it, then your surprise, then your letdown. Okay, well, let's just breeze through this. Yeah. So, the one that I liked that critics didn't was A Cure for Wellness. It's uh, Gore Verbinski's latest film. It's a beautiful, it's production design's incredible. Story is gonna rub some people the wrong way. It's gothic horror with some HP Lovecraft elements to it. I bought the ticket. I took the ride. It could have been a little shorter, yes, but personally, weird, brilliant, enjoyable. Yeah, I still need to see that one. I'm I, I'm intrigued to see what you think. Which yeah. side of the uh, spectrum you'll land on with that? Yep, I will check it out. 
Uh, my next, uh, critics liked it, but I didn't, and it was something I kind of had to get your opinion on as well, was uh, Ingrid Goes West. Yeah. I was with the movie until the very end, and it just, it felt like it was trying to do a Clockwork Orange-esque ending with how its character perceived what happened, mm -hmm. which destroyed all of the character growth for me. Yep. I just, I, and I love Aubrey Plaza and I liked O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Elizabeth Olsen, but just that ending ruined it for me. And I listened to the commentary to see, and they gave no answer. Uh, so, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, no. Yep. Uh, my biggest surprise of the year was a Norwegian kind of thriller. I wouldn't call it a horror film, but maybe it's a Thelma. I saw this on a whim. It was on, on the big screen, and I really enjoyed it. Again, a coming-of-age story about someone who's kind of led a repressed, you know, childhood and realizes that she's got kinetic powers. And, you know, very interesting. I, you know, if it, people have compared it to Carrie, I think superficially, yes, but there is more to it than that. Yeah. So... Yeah. I recommend it highly. Yep, also on my list to look to, to check out as soon as I can. All right, uh, my biggest letdown, it's two. I'm going to just speak of one real quick. But first and foremost, I was one of the few people who was let down by Baby Driver. I, you know, my expectations, I guess, were really, really high. And that first act met those expectations. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the movie just kind of limped along and then the last 15 minutes tried to pull it back up for me but i'm gonna give it a rewatch and yeah. see where my feelings land on it but unfortunately i just didn't see it as as great of a movie as many people ex saw or what i expected from it yeah i get that and just a quick quick one of another letdown i'm just gonna say justice league mm -hmm. was the best superhero film 2006 never made <laughs> if this movie had been made 10 oh, years ago it would have been amazing that's but a, yeah that's a good point yeah it's unfortunately it was not uh it was just kind of a you know it, it limped into theaters and it died yep yep it was yeah i was pretty disappointed in it and i agree i think if it had come out you know if it had come out a decade ago it probably would have really would really would have clicked, but yeah, I was uh, definitely disappointed in that one too. Um, all right, I will do mine. Uh, I uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something about your your stuff there. Yeah, I also was. I'm in the same boat with you on Ingrid Goes West. I I thought there was something there, but as it in the in the actual uh, uh, execution of it, it was lacking, and I thought the ending of it, that last little beat there, really ruined it that that yeah it really i didn't i didn't like it i didn't like the ending and that kind of ruined the whole thing for me uh my my they didn't get it i understand why people don't get it because i think it is a complete uh um uh as far as the real story goes this one kind of eliminates all of the terror and all of the horrific reality of what what actually happened to have a nice sunny story with extremely catchy songs. Uh 
I love I love the greatest showman. I love it so much. Mm. I love the music. I I am I am just as bad as all of the teenagers of America right now <laughs> playing that soundtrack on repeat. Uh I it just it just warms my little theater heart uh to play some of those songs. Oh yeah, it's it's completely misses the whole point of the PT Barnum story. Uh, but man, the, the music and the dance sequences are just delightful. And it was another movie that I sat through the entire time. I think in the beginning, after the the ladies and gentlemen, after that the the, the opening number, uh, there was a little bit there where I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be something else." But I turned and I looked at my girlfriend, and she was just smiling and having a good time. And I was like, "Okay." I'm going to let my critic side go. And I did. Mm-hmm. I let all the critic side of me go. And I just had such a great time. Like, I smiled through the whole movie and just loved it. So, yeah, The Greatest Showman is my They Didn't Get It. Um, mm-hmm. The I Didn't Get It, I've got two for this one. I have Beatrice at the Dinner and Princess Sid. Um, I'm going to go easy on Beatrice at the Dinner and not really talk about that one. I guess I can kind of see why critics really enjoyed that one. Or critics moderately enjoyed enjoyed that one it kind of faded as the year went on uh but critics talked it up uh but over the i i listen to a lot of podcasts and listen and read a lot of end of year wrap-ups and one that appeared on a lot of top 10 lists uh was princess sid it's a little movie uh that deals with uh relationships and I just did not get any of the high praise. There's nothing spectacular about this little movie to me at all. It doesn't do anything special. Um, I think it, it, it felt like a lifetime movie um, that somehow somebody saw and then everybody was talking about. And, you know, oh, this movie is so sweet and so special. It's not. It's not, it's nothing, there's nothing about Princess Sid that stood out for me as anything that other movies haven't done before and haven't done better. Um, I don't know. I just, I completely miss, I completely miss the excitement on this one. And if you want to see this one for yourself so that you can decide if you like it or not, uh, it is now streaming on Netflix. It was streaming on Netflix a week after I paid five ninety nine to rent it. No, no, it was a ninety nine cent rental. Okay, I don't feel as bad, but again, I paid for it and then it showed up on Netflix. Um, my best surprise, I you know, I, I I think it's just because I didn't expect it to be as great as it was, but it took off. Uh, my biggest surprise was Girls Trip. Uh, this movie was hilarious, and Tiffany Haddish is a superstar in the making. Uh, she, she has a scene with a grapefruit that is one of the most hilarious moments, um, that I have seen in a movie, uh, in a long time, and it is something just that has to be seen to be believed, uh, yeah, but the, just the relationship between the four women in this movie, um, really special. I, I was just completely pleasantly surprised with Girls Trip. I thought it was one of the funniest movies of the last year, uh, and I did not expect that at all. Especially with uh, Rough Night that had come out just a little bit beforehand, kind of tanking. Uh, it was nice that something that had a similar concept, but different approach, that really succeeded. And it was, you know... 
in this in this era where representation really matters, I think getting a chance to see a big movie with four strong uh, African American actresses taking over the lead, I think it's I think it's really great. Yeah, I loved Girls Trip, and I think Tiffany Haddish was the cornerstone of that movie. Uh, my biggest disappointment of the year, I thought about going the Justice League route, but I wasn't really surprised <laughs> with Justice League not being that good because I have not liked uh, the Zack Snyder Superman uh, DC entries at all. Uh, so Justice League wasn't, I wasn't super disappointed that it was terrible. I think me, I think me 10 years ago, uh, might have been more disappointed if Justice League had been a failure, but now I'm kind of, was I was kind of mm. used to it. But the one for me that was a real disappointment uh, when they sh- when they showed the Xenomorphs in the trailer, I was so pumped for Alien Covenant, and then I went and saw it and saw that it was Prometheus, uh, and uh, with the dumbest scientists. In a movie ever. Uh, yeah, Alien Covenant was a huge letdown for me. I wanted it to be so good. And I wanted it to be a nice return to form for the Alien series. And I was even excited that it, that it kind of tailed off of Prometheus. I was just I was just ready for it. And it just let me down. I didn't like I didn't like Prometheus uh, when it initially came out. Um, and I still don't really like it. I think it's pretty, but I think it's just it's not quite it doesn't quite have its all all of its ideas in the right place and alien covenant for some reason when it when it was uh, announced and they showed the trailers for it i was i was on board and then it just hit me that it was like oh yep it's more of the same uh so yeah my biggest disappointment of the year was alien covenant um yeah that's that's it 2 hours long <laughs> and we talked about movies so, Indeed. yeah, uh, 2017 overall. I thought 2017 was an, another good year for movies. And I, I think this year's uh, crop of Oscar nominees uh, really reflects that, especially with there being no clear favorites. Um, I think that's good. I think that shows that that movies are in a good place. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. And, I mean, there was a lot of movies we weren't able to touch on. You know, yep. Logan, The yep. Little Hours, yep. just a handful. But, yeah. Definitely still making more good movies than bad movies, it seems. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's you know, this the, the idea was for this to just kind of touch upon our stuff for 2017 and then send people in the direction to, to hear more. And uh, I think we talked a lot, but there's still a lot more to talk about. So, Jameson, if somebody wants to find you online and see your other thoughts, I know they can follow you on Twitter and Instagram at SD film thoughts uh but do you have another place people can go to to read more in detail stuff that you have to say yep uh i do have a wordpress account it is also wordpress.com slash sd film thoughts i don't update it as frequently as i should but when i write articles that's where i'm at and i do have something in the pipeline that i'm really excited about awesome Awesome. Yeah, and then as far as my stuff goes, you can follow me on various social media as Fat Dude Digs Flicks. Uh, I'm on Facebook, I am on Instagram, and my Twitter uh, as well. I have uh, excised my Tumblr demons and gotten rid of Tumblr. 
I am no longer there. Nobody reads that anyway. So so you can find me on Facebook primarily and Instagram. Uh, and I will continue this conversation uh, after this is posted with some more of my stuff. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this episode. Jameson, thank you so much for, uh, for helping me out and uh, talking about movies with me for just over two hours. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. I hope sometime down the line I'll be back here talking with you again. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for this this re- revamped podcast. Uh, this longest episode of Fat Dude Digs Flicks. Uh, thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your week.